but for example, I had a Scarberry that was fourteen ninety that had the right move set and everything that was really great. And since then, I've picked one up that's fourteen ninety nine. So I have, oh and he has God. all the wrong moves. <laughs> so he's slightly better, slightly you, you better. You have fun with your your TMs on that guy. Am I gonna waste charge TMs and fast TMs on him? And am I gonna sink the extra Stardust and candy into that guy? Absolutely. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Legendaries in the Wild, a May shakeup to raids and research, PvP regionals, and more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the GoCast podcast. It is May 5th, 2019. It's 1022 a.m. Kyle and I are tired, but we're both here. My name is Chris. And like I said, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Kyle. And uh, Ness is not with us this week. She's feeling a little bit under the weather, so she's getting some uh, some extra well-deserved rest. She's been kicking butt this week at work. Kyle and I are here, and uh, I'm glad because it's been a rather monstrous week. As uh, Kyle predicted rather astutely last week, that since we had nothing to talk about last week, really, that this week was going to be Mondo full. And it definitely is Mondo full. <laughs> Lots of news and everything. But before we dive into all of that, big shout out to our newest patron supporters, Max and Stacy. Thank you so much for joining our Discord and uh, helping support the show. Really looking forward to hanging out and getting to know you guys. Kyle, I, the little bit of accountability in the morning really just is the best way to start the day. All uh, right. How's that Sinnoh Dex looking? You, you had 71 yet? I am at 71. Not the way I wanted to get there, but it's okay. <laughs> Why? What happened? Uh, I, I used uh, Rare Candy to evolve my Finion, which was only like two or three. Oh, that's not too bad. And then I used Rare Candy to evolve my Cranidos, which was like 20. Well, that's still not that bad. And then I realized that I've only ever caught one glam meow, and I'm like, well, that is going to be one <laughs> heck of a walk. I think those are in eggs, aren't they? I so know. You that's be able partly to... why I got more incubators. Yeah. They're like, uh, they're like in 5Ks, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> Don't remind five, me. 5Ks are like kind of one of the most frustrating eggs to hatch. I hatched like like five Baneri in a row. <laughs> Well, those things are rare now, you know, ever since we had that event, I never see them. It's okay. I caught 200 or something during that event. So <laughs> you're good for life. You're, you're good. <laughs> um, and your other goal was 100,000 experience into level 39. I did. I got a little bit more. I got like 150,000. So good deal. That's good. Sweet. Anything else notable happened this week? Any shinies? Any adventures? No. Got my my new field research reward. It was just a regular ho, nothing special. Okay. Did one of the Azelf raids? Didn't catch it. These things are hard to catch. Talk are they about really? A little bit later. Okay. Yes. I didn't know that. I haven't. I haven't uh, had okay, a chance yes. to raid them. We'll yet. talk about it later. But I did not okay. catch it, unfortunately. Other than that, uneventful week for me. Good deal for myself. My goal last week was uh, two hundred thousand Stardust. Definitely did that. Played a bunch this week. Uh, participate in the Kingdom Cup and then therefore also bring my player rank in the self arena stuff above 3K. Kind of backfired on me. 
<laughs> so the first PvP cup was Boulder Cup. I went four and zero. Oh. It was awesome. Then I went three and one for the second cup after that, and then I missed Tempest Cup. And then for this past week, I did uh, two and two. So next time I have to go one and four, and then I just have to lose every game after that. And then I'll have a nice, it'll, my OCD will be right. I'll I'll be happy. But yeah, I did go two and two. Kingdom Cup was kind of strange. It was very volatile sort of meta because Lucario was kind of like the front runner for most teams. Mm -hmm. Lucario was either dispatched really quickly or he would dispatch you really quickly. And there were a couple of situations where if you and your opponent both had a Lucario and it was going to come down to both of those, whoever put theirs out first won because they got their power up punch off first. And it was kind of, it was just hmm. a, a dynamic I wasn't expecting. And I don't think I adapted to it rather well until like the very end, you know. It was a fun cut, but as it is, my win rate went down from 75, uh, sorry, from 87.5% to 75%. (laughs) So uh, now I'm sitting at like, I think four and a half thousand, which is still fine. It's like around the top 10 percentile. So I'm okay with that, whatever, but we'll see (laughs) moving forward. We'll talk more about PVP later on the show, actually. But now that we've talked about our weeks, oh, I didn't talk to you about uh, all the things I caught this week. Oh, I, I saw one of them. <laughs> Which one did you see? The the, the shiny diglet. Yes, and I didn't show you the other two shiny diglets that I caught. What? I got I three. I clicked. Talk about it in a second. I clicked <laughs> so many diglet in those three days. I lost count. None. Uh, they uh, they're they're cute. I mean, to, to be to be very honest, though, I mean, what are you missing out on? Just the nose. It's got, I mean, it's just it's a shiny. That's all. I also caught a plusle, and I couldn't be less happy about it. A shiny plusle? A shiny plusle, yeah. <laughs> um, because, I mean, okay, so that might sound ungrateful, but Pokemon Go Fest last year was flooded with plusle and mining. And so what you're saying is like, you've, you've turned into me from, from, from last year's Go yes, Fest for yes. any listeners who actually listened to that episode. <laughs> a long time ago now, but I've never had that reaction to a shiny before. I'm like, oh, oh, it's a plusle. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, anyway. <laughs> All right, cool. So that's pretty much it for us. Let's move on to the news. So the first piece of news is going to be kind of a a sad one, um, but Pokemon Go Fest Chicago tickets are totally sold out completely. And we are going. We got our tickets, um, but none of us got picked for them. The only reason that the three of us are going to be going is because my sister got picked and she got tickets for the three of us. Because she, the person that she thought she was going to bring with didn't want to go or wasn't available to go. So we got really lucky. We were waiting on bated breath for a really long time about waiting to see if we also get pulled because you're still in the drawing because we wanted to invite a couple of friends and stuff like that. But I myself have like a handful of friends that just didn't get tickets to go just because they yep. were picked. The lottery system has been kind of like a real hot topic, a controversial hot topic in the Pokemon Go community for like the past week. That is for sure kyle what's what's your opinion what's your experience with this i understand why they did it and it's hard to argue whether you know it's the most effective way or not but it certainly feels bad to just sit and wait and wait but the worst part is that you could have gotten picked for your lottery and not be able to buy tickets because the tickets were sold out because they didn't plan you know, for people mm-hmm. buying four tickets right. when they got in. Yeah. So Saturday went first and then it was Friday 
and then Sunday and Thursday sold out, I think, just because they released a wave and that's what was left. And so those ones just got cleared out. Uh, but yeah, it's completely sold out. Uh, that being said, I mean, in the surrounding area around the event for those four days, I know that we're planning to meet up on Friday night uh, for mostly podcast related people. Other shows, it's going to be great. We'll release more details, I think, towards the end of this weekend, early this upcoming week. I've got a, a page going on. We've been talking to some venues and stuff like that. But I know that Self Road will also have a bunch of meetups. There'll be probably uh, impromptu YouTuber meetups and stuff like that. Like if you have tickets, uh, like airplane tickets, and you're still already wanting to go to Chicago, and now you just want to hang out, there will be plenty of things for you to do in the surrounding area. I just want to let you guys know for sure. As somebody that's been to the past too, I can confirm. <laughs> There's tons of stuff to do. So if you want to come just hang out, and that's worth it to you. And, you know, you're okay with like missing out on like the special spawn. The trip is definitely still worth it. Chicago is great. You're going to have a great time. I do think one of the other negatives for this was they did it so late. Yeah. Well, it's like not, when did when did this start? I, the I start of April, think, right? I don't think it was late. I think it was rushed. You know what I mean? Because if this had been for July, this timetable would have made a lot more sense. I mean, I mean plane tickets are just yes, so exactly. they're going to be so expensive more expensive i mean they partnered with hotels but hotels, all the same you know like, like hotels in chicago are, are very good at picking up on like when there's a small event that people are attending and jacking up 50 bucks on any given room you know at a minimum yeah they are so <laughs> yeah i bet they saw this coming a mile away i don't know it's different than last year it still has its problems i don't think there's going to be a perfect system for for tickets because you can make an argument that this is fair that this gets rid of scalpers but then you still see people online selling full accounts or people with multi-accounts have like an advantage because they have multiple entries and stuff like that yes there's totally totally flaws but there were flaws before too so i don't know i'm happy they're trying new things i'm just bummed to see so many people that like i know and play with and talk to pokemon go about just not being able to go but hey there's still benefits to the event even if you're not in the event like spawns and stuff like that but hey there are other pokemon go fests to attend and we knew where one was but we didn't know anything about it and that was pokemon go fest dortmund and we did get more details about that event this past week so you can enter the drawing there's gonna be a drawing for that one on may 13th for that one and remember this is dortmund germany so it is free to to enter to get tickets but be mindful that if you know you are not going to be able to make it out to Germany, maybe don't put your name into the lottery so that everybody else can get tickets. <laughs> um, there's going to be two ticket types again. There's going to be general and early admission. Generals from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and early is from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Is that an hour earlier than our timetable for Chicago? It's 11 to 7 for the early access for general for general General? and then it's uh, nine to seven yeah you know they're they're 25 and 35 pricing just just like it was for us the promotional image features these pokemon horsey why is horsey in all these promotional images it's so strange i don't know carnivine sitting there with a very blank look he looks very out of place melodic shield on nidoran male hopefully we'll get that shiny there and round that hole out because we got the Nidoran female in a, was it a women's yeah, day national event? national girls day? I think. Oh, it was day of the day girl. of the girl day of the, the, the star child, right? Girl, star it, child. Something I, like that. I don't remember. It was so out it of was nowhere. a celebration <laughs> of the girl and it was, it was a cool event. Um, Metacham, Chimchar, and then unknown, obviously uh, they always have those guys out there probably spelling Dortmund. Although they just had an event in Dortmund, and I'm not sure what they spelled there. Could just be Dortmund. The image again. has a W, I think, <laughs> unless that's a U. Does it really? Yeah, no, it looks like a W. 
Hmm. So who knows? All right. Well, jury's still out on that one, but I mean, unknown will definitely be there. I can't imagine a reason why they wouldn't be. This sounds this sounds fun. I'm really happy that it's very similar to what Chicago Go Fest is, because I know a lot of people were kind of like, oh, Safari Zones just are not Go Fest. How do you feel about this, Kyle? Are you excited that other places are getting events? I mean, absolutely. And I'm also I like that they're unifying the branding of calling them Go Fests. That way they could open up Safari Zones to maybe more places instead of how limited they were previously. Oh, yeah. Because they, they were effectively go exclusive. Fest. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder what the criteria for them is for an event to be called a Safari Zone versus a GoFest. I wonder what the differential is for them. I'd be interested to see if this gets like standardized as we continue on this course. I'm hoping so. That you know what to expect if you go to one or yeah. the other in comparison. Anyway, uh, next piece of news here because we got to keep going. Otherwise, we're not going to make it through any of this. <laughs> Earth Day rewards happened. That was April 29th through May 2nd. Shiny Diglett was out. Diglett were absolutely everywhere. everywhere. Increased ground type spawns. Yeah. I was really hoping for a shiny sand tree, to be very honest. That one did not happen. Groudon was in raids. Did you get, did you get a chance to go out there and grab one? Nope. I, I've already got oh. a shiny, and I got like four or five of them last time, so I just didn't even bother. Okay, fair enough. I never got a, Groud, a shiny Groudon both times. I never got one. But I did do like a raid train day with a friend of the show, Terry Wolf, and Legendary Moo, and Lalo Flames is there as well. That was a good time. Got like four or five of them. Groudon's just fun to catch. He's a cool Pokemon. That's because he doesn't move I'm side okay to side. <laughs> yeah, easy peasy. I'm all about that. <laughs> uh, and then there was this next thing here that was kind of out of left field. It was weird to watch this whole thing unfold. And I think this is probably going to be a topic of conversation in future episodes in some aspect. Uh, what are we talking about here, Kyle? We're talking about the legendary Lake Trio being released, but not how we normally see them. As of last Tuesday, Azelf, Mesprite, and Uxie started appearing extremely rarely in the wild. That was a crazy time just online. Just like, yeah. is this for real? Like, sending pictures to everybody. How, how do you feel about them showing up in the wild? Especially given, like, they're not that exciting Pokemon in general. Well, I mean, they're exciting because they're dex fillers and they're, you know. Exactly. What, whatever. But, and, and a couple of them are, like, Azelf is actually pretty okay. Azelf is okay. Yes. PPE-wise and such. Yeah, Azelf is okay. The other two are like, I don't know what I'm doing. Dex fillers. Kind of like a Reggie situation, except we actually got a good one. <laughs> but I think this is this is good. I think it's good. As long as this doesn't become like a norm, I think that this is really good. These guys only spawn near like lakes, like big lakes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's fantastic. But there's more to this. And, and, I, and that's the part that I have a heavy opinion about. Yep. And so shortly after, once the Earth Day event ended... The three lake spirits were put into the tier five raid rotations, but with a twist in that they are regional exclusive legendaries. So Azelf is for the Americas and Greenland. Mesprite is for Europe, the Middle East, Africa, and India. And Uxi is for Asia Pacific region. I think this one is going to be another hot topic that people are going to be talking about for a while. Yeah, this is totally different than they've done before. Yeah, that's so strange. And they did confirm that they're not going to rotate. (sighs) I mean, so, I mean, they've said stuff like that in the past, you know, and then they've changed their mind. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. But I've seen so many arguments online about people that are like, this is horrible. Why would you reach them into the wild? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. Why are they in tier five raid bosses if they were going to be special because they were in the wild? Like, what's going on? 
And I think that the best counter argument is, is that if you're a rural player, even if they're extremely rare, if you were never able to get enough people together to do tier five raid bosses in the first place, at least now you have a chance. Are the spawns regional as well? I was haven't noticed a confirmation. They so, are. Yes. Okay. So you can yes. only find Azelf in the Americas and Uxi in Asia. Right. I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of things to be mad about, right? But there's a couple of really th- great things in this that should make you hopeful. The fact that they're willing to change up the formula so drastically is kind of heartening for me. You know what I mean? Because like, yes, getting new Pokemon in a tier five raid boss rotation is really fun. But if it's the same formula over and over and over again, where the first week of the new month, we're like, all right, where's the new one? I'll wait until I see the first one pop. I'll hop into Discord and I'll do it. That's fine. And you can still choose to do it that way. But if you're like, you know what? I want to go out and explore and try to find these guys on my own and try to find it that way. And if I can't get it the last week of the month, yeah, I'll hit a tier five raid boss. That's fine. I think having that option to do what this game was meant to do, which is explore, is so neat. I think it's really cool that they showed up in the wild, even if like, you know, you might never even see one. Who knows how rare these exactly are? I think it's the regional aspect that's a little bit frustrating. Definitely. Especially because it's so rare and it's a raid boss. Even if you go visit those areas, you're probably not going to get one. You know, and that's you go right now when the raids are happening. If I go in, if I go to, you know, England in a year, there's no chance, no guarantee I'm going to get a mess right while I'm there. Right. Where, you know, it's guaranteed you're going to get a Mr. Mime or whatever regional you want to determine for where you're going. Yeah. So for the completionists, you know, the people that are running living decks and stuff like that, or if you just want to fill your Pokemon up in the first place, this, this could pose a unique challenge more like it's a spoofer's delight i was about to say like it definitely shows you who's a spoofer because <laughs> in a couple of like my local facebook groups people are just like casually trying to flex that they have all three and they didn't know that they were regional and so they're just like oh yeah look what i caught after like a long night of playing or whatever <laughs> and people are like okay dude that's great whatever yeah anyway we're not going to talk about spoofing again we've talked about that so much in the past but yeah, this is interesting. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this. We're going to talk about them in Raid Bosses a little bit later on in the show. Um, and we're going to move on to the next piece of news, which is second legendary dinner hour. That happened. We didn't cover the first one because we weren't sure if it was an official event. It looked like it was a mistake <laughs> until it happened the second time. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it's that, yes, we've had legendary lunch hour before and those have been official events that they've actually put out material for and stuff like that but what happened with this is that they didn't say anything and this was happening at 6 p.m local time so it started in new zealand and then uh, what what it was was as like all gyms that don't have an ongoing raid will hatch a tier 5 egg at 6 p.m and this rotated through the time zones and got confirmed by group to group to group from six to seven it was just like it was for legendary lunch hour except late in the day I know I got to take advantage of one of those raids last time, but not this time. Did you get a chance to go out and raid at 6 p.m.? No, I'm in the middle of my shift at work at that time. So So do you think this was still a mistake? It just seems weird that they wouldn't say anything about it. I don't think it was a mistake. It's too, I think it's, it's too big to be a mistake to just like, I don't think they just have one switch where they're like, everybody gets a tier five egg. 
the fact that it's not announced, even if it was announced before the fact, I still wish they would give more of a heads up for this kind of stuff. Like they gave a heads up for the lunch hour because like not everybody's going to be around. Some people might want right. to take their lunch that day to go do it. I think the one thing that this made me realize, though, is how America actually kind of gets ripped off when it comes to raids. Because our raids Why? Why? stop at 7 p.m. They stop yes. spawning at 7 p.m. The rest of the world is not. Is it really? It really is. It's not like a time zone thing. That's how long, That's when their eggs stop hatching. Oh, I thought that it was. I didn't realize that it was. I thought it was yeah. more of a like a range all over the place based on yeah. I mean, it's, and stuff it's, like that. It's eight thirty to nine. It's it's actually ridiculous. It's so light outside right now at like seven thirty, and there's still no eggs hatching. And it's just like, yeah, come on, Niantic. I get why you don't do it, but you're killing me here. Yeah, it would be pretty cool, especially for like you know people that work later, like you do. Like if you got out at seven or whatever because you got out early or something like that, that'd be perfect time. You're like, yeah, I'll hit a couple of raids and I'll go home. You know, it'd be perfect. But, but they've already stopped. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I'm not definitely not getting up really early at like seven to do raids. Yeah. Who's I absolutely I want to know the target audience for the raids that hatch at 530 in the morning. There have I mean, there are people that do it. I mean, I've been part of discord groups, especially like out in the suburbs, people that are used to getting up early because they have a long commute and they get up early on the weekends. Like and they do um, like what one raid? It's just no, like... the, the, usually those they start the raid trains and then they go home early. So like they'll start at like 7 a.m. and go into like noon or two. Fair enough. It's a different group of people. But I mean, like, yes, definitely. Like if you're if you're looking at it on paper, like I don't know who this is for. Anyway, I think it's pretty cool that they're doing these events, but I just wish they would tell us. (laughs) Yes, I agree. Just just let us know. Just a couple days in advance, maybe. The last thing here we got to talk about before we move on to all this other interesting stuff. It's a new month. And that means everything changed, at least a little bit. Uh, And we did get a new box sale so here's here's the breakdown in the special box three raid passes two egg incubators the regular ones two lucky eggs for great box it's three raid passes three super incubators seven star pieces and four lucky eggs and the ultra box is 16 raid passes six super incubators five lucky eggs and five incense and then where's the adventure box at what are we doing with that is it still the same i can't really tell Uh, it looks like it is it is yeah yeah six egg incubators 10 super incubators five lucky eggs and five incense it looks like it's the same so what's weird about this is that the great box is actually like the best kind of great yeah it's not bad at all seven star pieces really makes that thing shine we don't know how long these are going to be around i mean it could be there could be an event that subverts these. So if those sound interesting or enticing to you, I definitely grab them, especially if you're looking for star pieces. We haven't seen them in this volume, especially in such an affordable box in a long time. So are you going to be picking up any of these, Kyle? I, I've already picked up one ultra and one adventure box. I'm not picking up any great boxes because I currently still have 61 star pieces. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sitting on like, I think like 120 star pieces Jeez. just because I, I never used them for the longest time while I was leveling up because I didn't think about it. I didn't really care about it. <laughs> I just, so. I like to be efficient with them and it never feels like I'm catching enough unless it's an event for it to right. be worth it. So they right. just kind of build up slowly, but surely. It's really good if you're about to hatch like nine eggs, if you can, if you can time it, doing the star piece before that is a really big boost. Additionally, besides the, the the boxes, which are 
actually pretty good. We did get a whole new list of research tasks and stuff like that. And they're okay. They're just fine. Um, one of the things that is notable about this is that the Lapras one got removed. It yeah. Actually, it, didn't, it didn't get removed. It got replaced. It's a different Pokemon now. It's Grimer. So it's not even <laughs> like, like, I, I don't, I don't get that. Like they really shine Lapras. Lapras is show. It, it's so rare. And then they put Grimer in its research task. It's not even in a different task. It's just not there. I don't get uh, it. I don't. <laughs> I, I have no idea why, especially since they just did the shiny Lapras. Yeah. What are I'm you not entirely do? sure. But anyway, Larvitar is still there. Make three excellent throws in a row. Yeah. You, you know, you know how we feel about that. Three times rare candy for hatch five eggs or a Chansey, depending. That's not bad. There's a new spin to form, I think. Form there four. Is. Form four. Yep. From make five great curve throws in a row. I'm currently sitting on that task. I have failed five times now at four in a <laughs> row. So I'll get there eventually. Uh, Breloom, catch five fighting types. That's a good one, too, because a good IV Breloom is really fantastic. And nothing else is super notable here. It's kind of the regular spread, you know? It's what you expect. Spoink, Magmar, Ghastly's here, too. Doesn't look like the Cubone field research is here anymore. Oh, yeah, that's gone. For those that are on that part of the special research, which is unfortunate. But they do still have, like, the fossils and stuff in the rotation. Yeah, Yeah, it looks like they have that stuff. Yeah, I'm surprised that they took out... A couple of the things that we were always like, well, if you never find one, that's okay. At least you can find the field research. Interesting. Yeah, I just can't get over the Lapras, man. <sighs> just because you make... wanted the purple Lapras. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I yeah. don't get it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, how, how about how about raid bosses? As with a new month, we have a, a new raid boss shakeup. The tier one is going to be Shuppet, Duskull, Shinx, and Drifloon. All of them can be shiny. So, you know, if you're still hunting those get on it tier two's executor mischievous pineco sneasel and mawile mischievous pineco and mawile can all be shiny yeah tier three is lolan raichu machamp gengar scyther and sharpedo raichu and scyther can be shiny tier four is alolan marowak houndoom tyranitar shiftry and absol and marowak and absol can be shiny and we already mentioned the tier five is going to be Uxie, Mesprite, or Azelf, depending on your region. And Deoxys Defense Form is going to be our EX boss still. How much longer is Defense Form around? I don't even... When did that happen? Two weeks ago now? Three weeks? Mm, I think it happened later than that. Or sooner than that? I think it's been longer since it's been out. You Let me double check longer. the timer. Let me just open up the Go Ranger app, which if you guys have not downloaded oh, ever, you definitely should. Uh, not only is Go Ranger like a really great app, but the dude that runs it, Go Ranger Matt, he's a killer individual. <laughs> really, he works so hard on this thing. Let's see. So it's not listed here. It's because it doesn't actually have a, an official end time. It just came out in March. So that makes a lot of sense. But it does leave open to discussion. There's only one Deoxys form left. And it's Speed. the troublesome one for Pokemon Go. For those who don't know, it's Speed Deoxys. And that just doesn't translate at all. No, it's going to be unusable. They're just going to throw, throw him in with just terrible standard conversion for his stats. Yeah, I mean, he can go hang uh, out with Shedinja. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> but it does mean we're really close to Deoxys leaving. That's probably. really true. I'm so excited to see something new. I mean, Deoxys is cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's been a long time, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah have you managed has. to pick up the defense form yet? Uh, pff, no. Okay. I have gotten the standard Deoxys and that's it. Okay. I picked up a defense form on Friday. Just kind of happened to be right when I was getting off of work. It lined up with what time the pass was. Otherwise, I don't think I would have bothered picking this one up. But I'm happy I did for living dex purposes. But yeah, <laughs> we'll see how speed form goes. Who knows? Are you excited about any of these regular raid bosses, though? No, I mean, this is this is bog standard as far as it's concerned. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Like, I like the shinies in tier one, but how many am I going to actually do? You know? Sure. Maybe the Shinx, because I want shiny Shinx real bad. Yeah, I feel like Shinx is the one that I always caught on my way to do. Cool. All right, well, there you go. Let's move into uh, Gear Up. So we're just going to touch briefly on the new legendary Pokemon and how you can handle them. It's Azelf, Mesprite, and Uxie. All three of them are psychic types. They have different stat spreads, but it's not incredibly significant. Because we've all heard the story about the psychic type legendary before, at this point at least. You have one new entry to the list, though, and that's Shadow Ball Giratina. He's probably your best choice when it comes to countering all of them. Like when it comes to Azelf, who's the easiest, you can duo with only level 25 Shadow Ball Giratinas. That's how easy that one is. A couple other options is Legacy Shadow Ball Mewtwo. He's always going to be a choice resists the psychic types attacks super effective crazy high attack if your glass cannon option shadow ball gengar good reliable bite crunch tyranitar not going <laughs> anywhere he's going to stick around for a long time even though his dps has been outclassed by other options old reliable tyranitar <laughs> hey you remember when he was he was just the only option Yes. Only option. Tyranitar. You you mention it. Tyranitar. Tyranitar. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're a bug type enthusiast, this these are your raid bosses. You can you can actually bring out your Caesars or your Pincers or Yan Mega, if you if you're a real big Yan Mega fan. All of them with double bug moves. I don't think I've put any investment into a Yan Mega yet this (laughs) game at all. You are gonna you're gonna bring some Caesar with you to go Take down as elf when you get a chance, Chris. Dude, I bust out Caesar on the Deoxys defense form. Absolutely, oh. <laughs> I'll do it for an as elf. Um, in terms of their usability, as elf is probably the second best psychic type attacker, but the number one is Mewtwo, and Mewtwo just kind of dwarfs it. So yeah. that's unfortunate. Uxie is like a defense based psychic type, it's not really that useful. And then Mesprite is the balanced stat wise. So. None of them are worth going out and raiding a whole bunch, but you still want to get a few for your Pokedex. I know you mentioned that Azelf is, is duoable, but since Uxie's main stat is defense, does it take how many people does it take? Because I know that defense usually makes the raids harder, right? Yeah, Uxie is definitely the hardest one to do, and it's not duoable under any circumstances. So minimum of three, but recommended four if you're even if you're going hardcore. Okay. Well, at least there's there's that variation. That sounds nice because their raid boss CP like ranges by like 10,000. That, that attacks that. Yeah, it's nuts. Really, really is. But let's go into Pokalore then. And uh, Kylie, want to keep talking about Azelf? Azelf, 
is the Willpower Pokemon. Ooh. Azelf is a small, gray-blue, fairy-like Pokemon. It has two tails that each have a red jewel on them. These are presumably two of the jewels which complement the red chain. Azelf has a partially cyan face with another red gem encrusted on its forehead. Azelf has a cone-shaped head with elf ear-like protrusions on each side. Its spirit can leave its body without dying and can return to the body at will. Wait, what? <laughs> what? That's, that seems like it's very opposite of everything else said so far. Hang on. Uh-huh. It could control an individual's will or enter the body of an individual. Hang on. Is this a ghost or a psychic type? What's I'm happening? I'm not sure what's going on. Legend says that if Azelf is harmed, it can cause humans to lose all will inside of them, making them completely immobile for all eternity. Until it dies, right? Yeah, I would maybe. <laughs> It can teleport itself as well as other Pokemon and humans. Azelf can be very cautious around people and Pokemon. However, if threatened, it will reveal a bold side. I'm not entirely sure why they chose to say bold instead of like defensive or aggressive. Yeah, I don't know, but it's an interesting Pokemon. Yeah. Wouldn't tell from just looking at it. It seems it sounds a lot more powerful from its description <laughs> than what i'm getting from the stats <laughs> yeah well i mean yes and no i mean sure so it's got a max cp of 3210 which is that's pretty good and it's got an amazing attack stat of 270 which puts it puts it pretty high up there i'm not I think sure it's exactly rank 13 13 okay yeah. it's just, that's yep. really good that ain't bad unfortunately has a less than impressive defense and stamina of 151 and 181 respectively and that just kills its tdo when you're using it its best moveset is going to be double psychic confusion and future sight it does give it really good dps it just is not very tanky i'm excited about this well, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of excited that we got this one in America's in Greenland. I wouldn't have been as excited about this raid had we gotten either of the other two. Yeah, that's part of why people are probably upset about this. Sure, sure. They're like, oh, man, I wish I got this one or, you know, whatever. Yeah, the regional thing is definitely cool, like we talked about before, but it's definitely going to inspire a different sort of, like, location envy. You know what I mean? Like, regionals of regular Pokemon are one thing, but legendaries different story uh we'll probably touch on the other two in the upcoming weeks so uh don't feel left out other regions of the world we'll definitely circle back to Mesprite and uxi but we're gonna move on to something a little bit different that we've never really done before but i, I got a nice email from somebody named taylor and we had a great back and forth about uh, pvp and kind of its relevance with with pokemon go and then also with our show since our show is kind of like a reflection of We'll be trying to make it a, an accurate reflection of what's going on in Pokemon Go in general. In honor of that, I, I'm going to do every once in a while a small PvP section since I think I'm the only host that participates, especially in competitive PvP. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, cool. So two things to talk about this week. One is it is May, so we're getting a new cup for the Sylph Arena. If you're not too familiar with what the Sylph Arena is, it's basically a non-Niantic but like kind of like <laughs> they they have a healthy relationship let's just say that with niantic and it's a PV, way to, for people to do competitive pvp with like rankings and stuff like that and so this month for the cup that they're holding the theme is nightmare cup which means that there's going to be three types this time which is exciting it's down from the usual four it's going to be fighting dark and psychic and this time 
they have bans. They've never had targeted bans before in the past for other cups. This is the first time. And the bans are Metacham, which makes a lot of sense, Sableye, and any legendary or mythical Pokemon. So for those of you that maybe traded their Chrysalias away to get them to be lower, sorry, guys. (laughs) Not this time. And then uh, from this Game Press article that they wrote, here are some suggestions. The article is really, really detailed. And I don't want to read through the entire thing because we will be here all day. But I will definitely link it. It's incredibly detailed, incredibly thorough. And if you're going to be participating in this cup, you got to read it. You, you just have to. So we'll link it in the show notes. But here are some quick top three suggestions for each of the typing just so you can kind of have an idea of what you're going to be going up against and seeing. So as far as dark types are concerned, Spirit Tube with Sucker Punch, Ominous Wind, and Shadow Ball. It's cool to see Spirit Tomb here. Uh, they did make a note that normally Spirit Tomb would have been like Sableye would have taken its spot. But since Sableye is banned, Spirit Tomb finally gets a chance to, to shine. I just want to say mad respect to anybody who does end up using Spirit Tomb because you have to invest probably like 200 candy which it can only be gotten from walking or rare candy so good on you yeah that's going to be quite quite the achievement uh if you quite the flex if you throw in a spirit to him <laughs> uh second suggestion here for dark types skun tank with poison jab crunch and flamethrower now flamethrower on skun tank is really important because later on we're going to talk about lucario uh, drapion with bite aqua tail and sludge bomb or crunch but instead of bite, you could also throw an infestation if it's more appropriate. For fighting types, Toxic Croak with Counter, Mud Bomb, and Sludge Bomb. Lucario with Counter, Power Up Punch, and Shadow Ball. Look out for that one. Lucario is going to be a contender. <laughs> Definitely. Hitmonchan with Counter, Power Up Punch, and any of the three elemental punches, Ice, Thunder, Fire. As long You want to keep Power Up Punch. Before Power Up Punch, you wanted to have two of those punches in there, but Power Punch is too good to not have. Psychic types, Hypno with Confusion, Shadow Ball, which is a super rare legacy move, and Focus Blast. If it doesn't have the Shadow Ball legacy move, it's less than Stellar, but how could I resist putting Hypno on this list? <laughs> Right? Never going to be on another list again. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Chai Mecco for the second suggestion here with Extra Sensory, Shadow Ball, and Psy Shock. That's pretty neat. Zatu with Air Slash, Ominous Wind, and Aerial Ace. Gotta say, these psychic Pokemon, kind of out of left field, at least to me. And I think that's really interesting. A lot of the suggestions on there, other than these three, were ones that you would have suspected. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that these three were the t- the first three that were listed. Yeah. And I haven't seen them in any other cup prior. Like, I haven't seen people use these guys before. So I think it's pretty cool. I guess this means that the bands are doing something. I mean, the legendary band definitely did something for Psychic. That's for sure. So It's exciting. I, I guess we'll see how this one plays out. I will. I do plan on attending one of these. Uh, so I'll let you guys know how it goes. I have to go one in three. Absolutely. In order to maintain my, my pattern. So uh, we'll but see that, if I can. That's terrible. Finesse that's that. a terrible attitude. Dave. What are you talking about, man? I'm committed to my craft of creating predictable patterns in my life. So you're going to win the first one and then throw the next three. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's okay. what I'm saying. Uh, don't tell anybody. They can't know, though. Just between you and me, okay? <laughs> okay. So Nightmare Cup is going to be cool. But you know what else is happening? And this was kind of like my main motivation for writing this thing up, is that we've been talking about Silph Arena stuff for a while. 
And kind of like what seemed like a very faraway idea was this idea of some sort of national or like world competition. And they did mention that they were going to hold worlds at Pokemon Go Fest. But I don't think that anybody was expecting this to happen so quickly because as of like last week or actually about four days ago, invites for regional invitationals went out. And if you do well in these regional invitationals, you then get to move on to the world championships at the GoFests. But regional invitationals are happening first, and they were invite only, hence the name invitationals. I actually managed to grab one, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I'm going to be taking part in this. And then, you know, if I do, OK, maybe maybe even worlds at GoFest. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm not overly confident. Here are the rules for it. And this is why I'm a little bit intimidated. Yeah. I'm actually just going to read a little bit about this from their website page that explains it because they do a much better job than I could. The Silphorina's first regional invitational tournaments will begin May 10th in cities around the world. The fiercest competitors in the arena have begun to emerge from communities far and wide. On May 1st, these talented trainers will receive an invitation via email invisible when logging into Silph.gg to fight for their region's title. If they succeed, they will earn regional glory and a coveted invitation to compete at the World Championships. Here's what you need to know. Okay, so before I move on. So one person from each region gets to represent them at Worlds. There's 177 regional locations. So I guess that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But as I'm looking, so today was the, it, today is the last day for us to register for the one that's downtown Chicago for our area immediately. And there's only i want to say 60 people signed up so i mean it, it's accessible it doesn't seem like there's too many people going on or too many invites for these things that went out too so uh I, i'm not quite sure how big some of the other ones are getting but i know that ours in downtown chicago is only like 60 as of now but it is early in the day on the last day of registration so we'll see how it goes by the end of the day Moving on. What are regional invitationals? Since January, communities all over the world have hosted cups and ranked tournaments in the self arena, the world's largest competitive PvP league for Pokemon Go. Thousands of trainers have had their skills put to the test, and the best among them will be invited to battle it out at regional invitationals. And those are happening between May 10th and the 26th, which is getting really close to to go fast <laughs> um, <laughs> during the regional competition may 10th to the 26th self league regional host communities will host an invite only regional competition using the free self.gg tools in like i said before 177 cities around the world winners of these regional competitions are guaranteed an invitation to the self arena world championships at GoFest chicago and GoFest Dortmund, plus a third championship on one more continent to be announced which we know is asia somewhere in asia here are the rules, though, and this is the part that's kind of intimidating for me. The Season 1 Regional Tournament follows standard arena rules. So far, so good. But brings over a dozen Pokemon types to the melee. Oh my goodness. I'm so lost already. <laughs> Competitors may use any Pokemon that was or would now be eligible in the Boulder, Twilight, Tempest, or Kingdom Cup. Note that this does not include Nightmare Cup. So I was having this in, this conversation with Terry Wolf this morning where he mentioned that he caught uh, a Pokemon that was uh, currently banned in Nightmare Cup, and he's very excited to use it for regionals, potentially, if it fits in his team. And I was like, but isn't that banned? He's like, I don't know. And I was like looking at these rules, trying to figure it out. And he goes, I don't think so. I don't think it's banned. And from this, it says that was or would now be eligible in and doesn't mention Nightmare Cup. So I'm not sure if those bans apply. I would imagine it doesn't. Yeah, they don't mention any bands. So I think they would have gone out of their way to say so. Yeah. 
but anyway. So this includes Pokemon with at least one typing of ground, rock, steel, fighting, dark, poison, fairy, ghost, ice, electric, flying, fire, or dragon, which is so so many options. <laughs> Dual type Pokemon are allowed if they include at least one of the above types. This is pretty standard rules here. Competitors bring six Pokemon. Matches are played in Great League. Only one of each Pokemon species is permitted. And then standard arena rules apply, which is pretty great. I'm excited for what this potentially means for competitive Pokemon Go. And this is going to be the first year where it's happening. So I'm, I'm pleading to you at home, even if you do not care about PvP, if there's any way for you to help support these events, like if your friend is super into PvP, go show up and just participate because this has to go well this first year for any hope of this system to continue. <laughs> and to be honest, actually, even if you're like, no, I don't like this at all. It's it's going really well already. This has blown up to be such a bigger thing than I thought it was going to be in the first place. 177 cities holding these tournaments. That's incredible. The infrastructure that Silk Road has put together for this is really, really impressive. They're sourcing local communities. That's That's the way to do it when you don't have the backing of Niantic themselves. I will say one thing, I don't PvP, obviously. It's not really something that's ever appealed to me that much because personally Pokemon has too much complexity for what I like, but I think it's a mistake to include all four cups because part of what made it interesting was the restriction because of how imbalanced Pokemon Go is as as a game. So I'm I'm really disappointed that they're going with this forward. And if like if the world finals keeps a similar rule set, I will be even more disappointed. I think they would probably have to follow the same rules that they used for regionals, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's just like I think it's a mistake. Okay. So I I hear you. And I feel that to a degree. But I, I thought about this and I was and I was trying to figure out why this was the case. Because yes, each of these cups in the past have been structured so strategically that it surprised me that when it was like you know time to go up to bat that they did this whole like amalgamation monstrosity thing but if you think about it if this was the rule set to begin with for this whole thing and if you were going to try to practice for it these cups leading up to this thing would have been what a good practice strategy looks like yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna come at this from like the actual pokemon game in the actual games you have a team of six in this game you have a team of three in your team of six, you can more easily cover 10 or 12 different types than you can with only three, especially with the variety of moves every Pokemon can have. Whereas, you know, Pokemon Go is only offensive moves for the most part. And that's that's where my logic of that comes in. That makes a lot of sense to me. But as somebody that's been engaging in like competitive PvP for a while, one of the things that's really frustrating is that some of these typing matchups especially when everybody has a similar meta relevant team, they all seem to be more rock, paper, scissors than I would like them to be. And I understand that that's kind of a direct symptom of this being a simplistic battle system. But since they've been adding status moves and stuff like that, it's been getting more and more complex. So I think that this might be the first situation because you're going to see, you're going to see familiar faces. The people that power up those Lucarios, they're going to bring them. You know, the people that brought those Skarmoris up to 1500, they might bring that one too. So you'll probably see a lot of things that you're familiar with, which is good. I think when you mentioned the rock, paper, scissors, that's a good point because you have an idea what to expect and you can plan when there's less typings. But now you might like plan meticulously as best you can. 
and then somebody just brings a Pokemon that you just, you know, didn't think they would, and you can't do anything about it. Like, you you were planning for the typings, but one Pokemon you didn't plan, and there's nothing you can actually do. And that's just, like, it's going to happen to somebody. But, like, that could also happen in your favor, though, you know? Exactly. That's why it's a, but that. That's why it's a feel good. You're saying that's why it's a problem. Like if somebody throws out, I I can't even think of examples off the top of my head, but if somebody has two Pokemon for whatever reason that one of yours is super effective against, you know, you, you might just wipe the flow with them and they don't even get a chance. That's very true. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, You know, (laughs) the first cup came out and I was like, Oh, I don't know about this. And I participated and it turned out well. And every other cup that I've participated in, I've had a lot of fun with. And I was kind of skeptical to begin with, especially with some of these metas that I was seeing thrown around. But every single time it turned out pretty okay. So I've got plenty of faith in them that this will turn out all right. But yeah, I think some unique frustrations are definitely, (laughs) definitely in the wings for this one. Uh, but, but, But we'll see. I'll definitely keep you guys updated. I don't think I could not talk about this, even if I wanted to. I'm just so excited. So... <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on from the PvP section, and we'll go to Pokepole. So last week on Pokepole, we asked, you're able to choose one Pokemon as your real-world companion. Who do you choose and why? Pidgey Grava said, gotta be Lapras across the stormy seas. JC Pick said, obviously Litten. Obviously. I, I agree, obviously, <laughs> if I wasn't allergic to cats. Marjolaine said, most definitely Gudra. It's very friendly towards po- people. If you grow close to it, Gudra will hug you with its sticky, slime-covered body. That's a quote from its uh, its Pokedex entry, and that's <laughs> I definitely agree with that one. Didn't Ash have a Gudra? He did, and he used it for like two episodes. It's so strong, though, right? It is. It's, it's the pseudo-legendary for Generation 6. Yeah. So in, in true Ash fashion, if it's too strong, he either gives it away or just gets rid of it, right? Yeah. Something. Yep. Julian said, Alolan Marowak. I love Cubone's origin and backstory as well as ghost and fire types. Best of both worlds. Also, he looks awesome and angry. Sure does. K Taco said, probably Squirtle. He's been my favorite Pokemon since I was really young, and I think he would be a fun companion. Sarah said, Hitmonchan, built-in workout buddy slash fitness motivator. Perfect. There's there's your thinking. Legendary Moo said, Miltank, aside from the obvious answer of Tallboy, which is, you know, for those just joining, is a low-end executor. Max says, I'll go with Zorua. First, the little fox looks cute. Zorua has a design not too far off from creatures from our own reality, so owning one would be like having a dog. Zorua has a mischievous nature, so my life will never be boring. Every day will be an opportunity for Zorua to play another trick or prank on me. It has an ability <laughs> to disguise itself as any Pokemon or person. With this, I'm no longer limited to one Pokemon. I could have all of them as my companion. Ooh, there you go. He found the wishing for more wishes of this Pokepole <laughs> question. Julia says Torterra, because let's say I'm out for Pokemon Go, but my feet get too tired. I could just rest on his back like an Egyptian pharaoh eating grapes and catching Pokemon. (laughs) I like the way you think. I think that might be my favorite one. That's great. Just like the (laughs) mental image of just like slowly moving around while lounging and just like catching Pokemon. That's perfect. So this week's Pokepoles, how do you feel about regional legendary Pokemon? Well, Chris, do you have like a succinct answer for that, your feeling? 
I think so. I think it's really great for rural players. I think that the fact that they're not rotating is problematic, but I think that it's a nice change that we need something, something fresh. You know what I mean? If we get everything we want all the time, the game will just not be fun anymore. What about you, Kyle? I like that they're trying new things. I don't, I'm not necessarily 100% behind the idea of a regional legendary for the reasons I said earlier, but it's cool and it, it's opening up more possibilities. Definitely. Well, this is going to be a, a hot topic issue. Uh, that's kind of one of the reasons why I picked it for the Pokeball because there's so many interesting perspectives about this. So if you guys want to go ahead and answer this Pokeball question, which is again, how do you feel about regional legendary Pokemon? You can answer when we post that question on Facebook or Twitter, which we'll talk about towards the end of the show. Or you can send us an email at mail at gocastpodcast.com. And speaking of email, let's hop into the email section here. I did get a bunch of emails from a bunch of folks. They're really, really awesome. One email I did pull for us to read here today on the show was from listener of the show, Paul. I love the discussion you had about the question that lured up asked trainer tips. I'm paraphrasing here. What event would you create slash add to the game? As you guys continue the episode, you discuss many different aspects of the game that I think if were combined could create a wonderful experience. So if you don't remember, we were talking about how like trainer tips when in his interview mentioned like, you know, climbing a mountain, getting like one person gain or legendary, whatever, (laughs) which is cool. And also like distressing. (laughs) (laughs) So here's Paul's idea. I offer this for your consideration, an EX research event. Please allow me to explain. Let's say there is a Pokestop or gym that is at the beginning of a walking path, linear park, or simply a large park. If you spin the stop or gym, take over the gym, win a raid, etc., you will get an invitation for a smaller scale safari zone type of event. Rules for invites are the same as EX raids. Each person could invite one friend. Let's say the event lasts one to three hours. And along the walking trail, Pokestops are changed to special research that can result in, let's say, regionals or unknown or something during that time. Like special research tasks that could be a special Pokemon available once all the research has been completed. Deoxys, Rotom, Shiny Wilmer, Probopass, etc. I like how we definitely targeted those last two towards Ness. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be for a limited time and for limited trainers in order to make it work. I am not sure how the coding and all that would be done, but if it is possible... Maybe this would be a good way for rural players to feel involved as well. I love the special research tasks, and I know a lot of people do as well. Again, I really enjoy the podcast. Please keep them coming. Paul. Oh, he's also Team Instinct, so shout out to Team Instinct. Yes. Always got to remember. (laughs) I think this is really well thought out. Um, And as, as I said in the response back to him, they already have the coding in place to tell if a Pokestop is in a park or out of a park for the EX raid stuff. So this actually might be more doable than you think. Uh, But what what do you, what do you think, Kyle? I think ignoring any, any technical limitations. I really like this idea. It's one of the more thought out and better ideas I've seen of someone talking about events and things to implement into the game especially because we were just talking about other special research just in general being added to the game. This would be really exciting. If they could get this to the point where it's procedural based on parks, just in general and stuff like that, sure, I think it would be super buggy. But if they could get it down where the majority of the time it worked and it was procedural and that maybe the reward was just like whatever is in the research boxes for for those days or something like that. So that people that can't make it don't feel overwhelming amounts of FOMO, but it is enough to kind of change up like just a regular grinding or regular stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
this would take a lot of pressure off of the Pokemon Go team too to keep creating these events over and over again. If you had something special like this that you know happened like once or twice a month, maybe to look forward to, and it wasn't a big deal. I think it would be really cool if yeah. if something like that could be implemented. Yeah, I really think it's a it's a brilliant idea paul so uh thank you so much for sharing that really uh, if you guys have also brilliant ideas you'd love to share with us go ahead and send them to mail at gocastpodcast.com you could also just visit us on our website at www.gocastpodcast.com and then just click on the contact us tab and there's a way to fill out an entire email through a form there it's super easy you can follow us on twitter at gocast podcast like us on facebook just search for the gocast podcast if you want to help support this show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash gocast podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash gocast podcast. If you want to be just as cool as Max and Stacy, like we listed at the top of this show. If you want to help support the show, but, you know, don't want to give any money. If you got like five minutes, heck, if you got one minute, just leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you want to do it. It's super fast, super easy, and it helps us out immensely. Like, I, I can't even tell you. We've gotten so many great reviews lately from so many wonderful people that I just can't, like, <laughs> just so, I'm just so happy. <laughs> but, hey, let's change course on that happiness there, and let's talk about some goals, huh? Okay. Yeah? You ready? Um, I, I found a new notepad and everything, so we don't have to use that same piece of paper that I've used <laughs> for the past, like, 12 episodes. In a strange twist of fate, I'm going to go first this week. Um, and my goal is going to be 200,000 stardust. And then because I've got all these things to look forward to this month and next for the PVP stuff, I've really got to figure out if I'm going to focus my resources and attention on regionals or nightmare cup. I think regionals is the logical choice. Um, so I think I kind of want to have at least three regional Pokemon built out. I mean, you'll have a decent chunk of them already. Ready. Right. But for example, I had a Skarmory that was 1490 that had the right move set and everything. That was really great. And since then, I've picked one up that's 1499. So I have, oh and he God. has all the wrong moves. <laughs> so he's slightly better. Slightly you, you better. You have fun with your, your TMs on that guy. Am I going to waste charge TMs and fast TMs on him? And am I going to sink the extra Stardust and Candy into that guy? Absolutely. 100%. It's not worth it at all, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm committed, you know? I'm still waiting on a charge TM to fix my 100% Gengar so I can actually use him. Kyle, what about you? What's what's your goal besides Gengar? I'm going to go for 150,000 experience. And I want to make sure I get an Azelf this week. I think that's my goal. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and add Azelf to my list, too, because I forgot all about it. There really is a lot of stuff going on, especially if you're involved in every part of this game. There's a lot to get your arms around. So 150,000 experience and Azelf. Sounds good. All right. I think that's... I think that's going to do it for us here today. Thanks for making it this far in the show if you did. And we'll see you guys next week for episode 46. Hopefully all of us will be here. It is Mother's Day weekend. So we'll hey. we'll have to navigate <laughs> when we do recording time. So uh, tell your mommy lover. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.